0: Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And Rachel's birthday's coming up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right before this, I was like, let's not linger on that, okay?
0: (laughs) Your birthday's coming
1: up. It is. Um, It's the first day of summer, too. The longest day of the year.
0: Yes. Yes. The longest day of the year, also the same birthday as my husband. So I'll know, never weird. forget it as long as I live. Ah. <laughs> um,
1: and
0: you're that makes you a Gemini, Gemini cusp, right? I'm a
1: Gemini Cancer cusp. Um, depends on who you ask. Some people say I'm Gemini. Some people say I'm Cancer. I I, I ascribe to the astrology woo-woo stuff, and I believe hmm. that I have. Uh, all the traits. from All the traits both. of the cusp. Yeah, yeah. From both, I, I I definitely can see traits from both. Um, I used to be a little bit more Gemini, and in my older age, I've I've skewed a little bit more Cancer, which means <laughs> a, I'm little a little more... bit more <laughs> homebody, and... crabby, <laughs> crab. Yeah, crabby. Uh, Gemini is very you know outgoing and gregarious, and
0: well, there was another Gemini that was in that that makes me think of another gemini that was in the news lately and the only reason that i know she's a gemini is because she tweeted such um it was like
1: a weird flex i don't know why she i don't know
0: what that implies about her personality being a gemini um maybe that she's like tricky or sneaky or petty or something but uh iggy azalea (laughs) not me Not you. Yeah, I know. uh, Related to the situation. Iggy Azalea, um, rapper, pop star. um, She sang that song, fancy. I'm so fancy. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'll I'll throw some music in here.
1: I don't think you need to. I think you just did it (laughs) real great.
0: (laughs) So she is having a bit of a feud with her new neighbors in Los Angeles. Uh, she recently bought a home in calabasas and she plans on doing renovations
1: and she claims that her neighbors are being very hostile so i didn't know about this story and you started describing it to me and i just there's so much to it so i, I interrupted you but please go on tell us everything because it's ridiculous
0: no it's okay um so she tweeted day one living in my new house and my bored housewive's Neighbor already tried to snitch on me for doing construction in my own f-ing home, and then she goes on to tweet. Little does she know, f-ing with her is now my new hobby and life's work. You live next to a Gemini now, sweetie. Hi, I'm Petty.
1: Um, okay. <laughs> on behalf of half Geminis everywhere, I would like to uh, not. I would like to say that this is not representative <laughs> of all of our behavior. <laughs> It's kind of funny because we can all relate to it, right? But on the other hand, she moved to the suburbs, and
0: yes, she. So she moved to um, a gated community in Calabasas, and it's a very wealthy community. She says, I think she said somewhere else in her tweets that like. All of her neighbors drive around in golf carts. So she naturally had to go against the grain and buy like an ATV to ride around the neighborhood in. Um, <laughs> but Why couldn't even, she just
1: get a golf cart like they do?
0: Because she wanted to be a rebel and get something loud and obnoxious and that, that looked like. She's just know. pushing
1: the envelope for the sake of pushing the envelope.
0: Exactly. And it's funny. Like, okay, so you look at the pictures of her house. Um, it's a very, like, farm... It's a ranch-style home. It's a very farmhouse-style home. There's exposed beams. There's even, like, a white picket fence outside. Um, Very different from her previous home that she owned, which was... I think it was in the Hollywood Hills. It was much more modern. Um, And her main motivation, I think, for buying this place is for her son, who is about a year old. Um, She even tweeted, like... To be fair, I'd even gotten, oh wait, hold on. She No, sorry, that's a different tweet <laughs> that says the C word. Um, <laughs>
1: She's very active on Twitter, I'm learning.
0: Yeah, and okay, so someone said, that's nice of your privacy and can be normal, and she tweeted back, exactly. It's worth it for my son too, because he will, he will be able to ride his bike around when he's older and just be a kid without me being so worried for his safety. So clearly she bought this place for her kids, child
1: to settle down I mean that's cute but it sounds like she's pissing off her neighbors and then that's not going to create a that's going to create a hostile environment for her son exactly
0: like it's never <laughs> as someone who has dealt with like a minor like feud with neighbors it's never a good idea to like go from the offensive yeah, yeah you don't want to poke the hornet's nest like if you really want to dissolve the issue just stand down Unless they've done something illegal, which it doesn't sound like, according to her tweets, it doesn't sound like her neighbor's done anything illegal. She's just.
1: They've just uh, complained.
0: They've just complained about construction. And like, um, I guess So this report came from the New York Post. And apparently they tried to pull like permit approvals and see like if she was permitted to do work and stuff. Um, And they couldn't they couldn't find it, they couldn't get access to it. So uh, who knows what kind of permits she, she's pulled and stuff. But yeah, it's just, it's just a classic neighbor versus neighbor. But the fact that it's Iggy Azalea and he she's just like, I'm petty and I'm coming for you.
1: I mean, on the one hand, like I totally get it. On the other hand, it's like, okay, you moved to the suburbs and you have to expect yeah. this kind of, um, nimby like not in my backyard kind of attitude yeah and i don't know you just i don't feel like provoking or going on the offensive is the best move but no it'll be interesting to see how this plays out i'm i'm amused by her tweets but also don't don't lump all gemini's in together
0: <laughs> that's the biggest takeaway yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's my don't you that's the dare. important moral
1: of the story for me
0: yeah, she said she's doing uh she tweeted I'm doing construction on and off for the next year and a half. She's not prepared for the Marathon of Petty that awaits.
1: Marathon um, of Petty. Oh, I watched <laughs> that HGTV show. Yeah.
0: So we'll <laughs> see we'll see if the Marathon of Petty is in fact a marathon. Um and what happens with this saga.
1: So it's summer, and that means that we are all craving some pool time. In fact, Natalie knows this. I was at brunch over Memorial Day with some friends, and it was 100 degrees, and we were absolutely dying. We wanted a pool, any pool to jump into, and we didn't know what to do. And then I remembered Swimply, which is the app that lets you rent out private pools. It's kind of like an Airbnb for pools. I downloaded that app that day. And although I didn't rent a pool, it's definitely in my back pocket for later. I think it's such an interesting concept, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, and we want to find out more. So today we have Asher Weinberger, who's the co-founder and COO of Swimbly, on the pod. Thank you for being here, Asher. We are so excited to talk to you.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah. So we want to find out all about this because I know that... Swimply started before the pandemic when there was a big demand for pools. Tell us about when you launched, where the idea came from, and why.
2: What happened was 100% organic. Um, this was not intentional. Um, I had just bought my first home. I was kind of frustrated with all the family and friends and neighbors who wanted to use my pool. I had no intention of monetizing it. Um, But what happened was I was looking for like a uh, liability solution, like insurance. And I wanted like uh, a basic booking platform, like a Calendly kind of thing where I wouldn't have to deal with the phone calls and texts. Uh, At the time, I bumped into at a networking event that I threw. I met my now co-founder, who's all of 19, 20 years old at the time. He's like, dude, I think we can monetize pools. I thought he was completely crazy. Uh, To be honest, I still think he's crazy. Um, but crazy in a good way, the kind of crazy that builds a really successful startup. And I said, okay, convince me. And we started talking and he told me that his next door neighbor in New Jersey was an elderly woman and he noticed her pool was always empty. So we knocked on her door. He's got a bunch of younger siblings. And he said, hey, we can't really afford to go do any sort of fun things in the summer, but we would love to cool off. Um, could we offer to help you with a few few dollars to help with your maintenance costs in exchange for some time every week at the pool for my younger siblings? And she agreed. And the word spread to the rest of the cul-de-sac. And within a few weeks, she was making a profit on her pool. So he's like, this is this could work. So I said, okay, let's give it a shot. And we went into Google Earth. We looked for 80 big blue splotches from the sky. And we, uh, you know, we knocked on doors. We got thrown out of most of them. We did get four pools to sign up. And within weeks, we had thousands of strangers swimming in strangers' pools.
0: What's the average amount that a swimply? Um, renter? Is that what you call them? Like a a pool renter? How how much do they make like pretty average?
2: We call them simply hosts. And I know this because I am a host. I'm one of the first hosts on the platform, as I mentioned, my pool. So I am uh, going through the same process as all of our hosts on a daily basis. Uh, We have hosts that are earning well into the six figures a year on. Oh, my God. Wow, um I'd say that a host can reasonably expect to earn between ten and twenty thousand dollars uh, from their pool. That's that's sort of uh, what I think I want to put out there in the world. I don't want to mislead people.
1: Wait, um, sorry, repeat that again. How much?
2: Uh, between ten and twenty thousand dollars is very very reasonable to earn from your pool. The cool thing is that they're doing it with almost no effort. It's not like Airbnb where you're essentially running a hotel, right? So people think it's a side hustle. Yeah, true. But you're also running a hotel. You gotta change the linens. You've got there's wear and tear on your paint and on, you know, all your appliances and all that. When it comes to pools, like ninety eight percent of the cleanup is done by it's done by something called chlorine. Right? It's outdoors. It's like you can't steal a pool, you can't break a pool. It's like it's really um very, very easy. There's almost nothing that we're asking the host to do.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I, I have a friend actually we've been trying to convince her to rent her pool out too because we think that could bring her some some nice income um, if she had another place to stay, which she you does. Know, she can always come stay with me. Um, I'll admit, I'm going to totally admit here that when we first heard about this concept back in 2018, or it, w- it might have been 2019 by the time that uh, we discovered Swimply, we were a little puzzled, just like you said that you were. We were like, huh? Like, are people actually going to do this? Uh, and then... Here I am, not too long later, downloading the app because I need a pool to get into. What do you think led to the popularity in this? And especially over the pandemic. Like, I mean, the pandemic gave you a big boost, right? Right.
2: Yeah, no question. The pandemic was for sure a major uh, driver of our growth. Um, I wouldn't say that the pandemic, you know, was one hundred percent good for us. It was a double edged sword, right? Think about it this way: on the one hand, it, people on the supplies on the supply side were decimated from this because when the pandemic hit, most of our hosts pulled their pools or deactivated their pools because they were concerned right. for right. Until the education kicked in the CDC declared that it was safe and so on, that took uh, a couple of weeks and we lost most of our supply and we still managed to grow by almost 5,000%. So it for sure helped on the demand side, right? Uh, it helped people on, on the guest side, but on the supply side, it was it was terrible for us. Um, in the end, it worked out. Uh, so for sure, that was a major driver for our our growth. Um, another thing, of course, that we do have to give credit to the sharing economy at large, like Airbnb and others have made it somewhat normal to do things like this. Right. And, uh, that for sure helped us, um, in terms of trying to build a new consumer habit that is maybe not as new as it was a few years ago. At the same time, your reaction is very familiar to me. Again, I had the same, (laughs) reaction, right. That's weird. Right. And by the way, that's helped us as a business. I think we've managed to fly a bit under the radar when it comes to competition. Um, Etc. like people sort of look at it, oh, that's a cute thing. And then they start to hear the numbers. And then the investors heard the numbers. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is a serious, serious business. Yeah. And we had that same learning curve. So absolutely, I completely get that sentiment. What I do like about that is that I've never met anybody who's got a very, like, blasé response to hearing about something. It's either, like, extreme, like, that's so weird, I, I hate that, or <laughs> I like that, right? But it's or an that's emotion-
1: amazing, like, and that's like what a- you want. A- you want one of those we want. extremes,
2: yeah. That's we, wants, we want people to care, and they do care.
1: It, it really is a conversation starter. And I will yeah. I will ask you this, because this is the question that I, I get, is how does it work? And this is where my hesitation also was. Natalie will remember. I was like, what do you do if you have to use the bathroom? And yes. how long can <laughs> you stay? How many people can be there? Can you go inside at all? Things <laughs> like this. So like, how I do was- you- Yeah. I was like, this is a cool (laughs) idea. Or like,
0: and then Rachel's like, yeah, but like, what about this? What about that? Like if you have to, you have to go to the bathroom and
1: <laughs> I was poking yeah. holes in it everywhere because I, that's like me as a person and my anxiety, but stay, like,
0: do you have to stay at the house to make sure that they don't bring more than eight people? And like you oh, just yeah. have cameras and like all these logistical yeah. things. How do you
1: manage that um, on the app?
2: So I'll try to answer most of those questions if I recall all of them. And if I miss something, please let oh, me know. That's okay. Well, <laughs> bathroom, that's a big one, right? I think the, the two biggest questions we get when we talk about simply are what's the deal with insurance and what's the deal with bathroom?
1: Thank you. You guys were acting like I was weird for asking about Oh, no, 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 no. Always I-
0: concerned about the bathrooms. <laughs> I
1: am.
2: <laughs> it's, it's an important question. I mean, we're all human and that's just the where the body works. We need the bathroom. So here's the thing. Um, first of all, the vast majority of pools do offer bathroom access. Now that bathroom access can vary in some places like in California and Arizona. People have these like, you know, back, back. Uh, backyard bathrooms they'll have like a uh, you know a separate unit some sort of bar or something like that in the backyard with a bathroom we have lots of pools like my own pool where there's like a, an adjacent part of the house that's like dedicated I have a bathroom like in a den right off of the pool area that is exclusively dedicated for simply it's clean between each booking etc we have hosts that don't have bathrooms but they're really trying to run a business and they're running a good business out of their pool and they've decided to work with us to get like a high-end porta potty delivered that they have for the season weekly oh. and then we have pools who do not offer again a small minority but pools who do not offer any bathroom access and, and what happens is very simple those pools will get bookings but usually not more than an hour to two hours right so right. you got small bookings of four or five people you won't get larger parties and it'll be more for like someone looking to do some aquatherapy, therapy some labs yeah. yeah a swim lesson some labs that kind of thing which is great business it's very predictable very low key. And it's the same thing as renting a car. When you rent a car, I assume most cars I know of don't have bathrooms in the car, right? So you rent a car for you drive for an hour or two hours, and you're good. If you want to go on a 10 hour trip, you might have to plan that out, right? So that's sort of how it works. And again, it's really it hasn't been an issue because the vast majority of pools do offer bathroom access. Uh, when it comes to other, the other questions about oversight. So again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're different than Airbnb, right? Um, in our case, the Hosts live in that home, right? They're at home and uh, very often they're home during the booking. They don't have to be and uh, most of our guests and hosts do not meet each other unless they want to, which does happen all the time. I'll be invited out to the backyard. Hey, join us for, uh, you know, for a slice of pizza. It happens all the time. Um, Can you but- opt
1: for the host to be away while you're there?
2: No, that's not something that we give the guests an option for. Okay. Um, so they, they are made aware beforehand, the level of privacy, how visible the pool is, and so on. It's part of, a part of the, the uh, I guess description Got of it. the pool. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, hosts, you know, it's really simple. Like uh, you put down the blinds and you have total privacy for the most part. Um, and you go in through a side gate. The vast majority of pools do not require any entry or exit, like uh, uncomfortable or awkward. You don't have to go through a home. You go through a side entrance usually. So it's really 100% like contactless, which is incredible. Um, Some hosts prefer to be there and we would recommend if you're having a party, a birthday party or something with more than five, 10 people, you probably should stick around at least for part of it because just in case, you know, maybe you're needed for something and we do recommend that, but it's absolutely not a necessity.
0: Have there been any like like anecdotes or like weird instances from guests being like or or from hosts being like this? person is swimming naked in my pool or like basically anything like, that you would want to share i'm sure there's probably a lot of
2: things you wouldn't like want code to do like
0: conduct or like what sort of like code yeah. of conduct is out there
2: yeah yeah for sure so i think by the mere fact that people are outdoors they understand that they're somewhat visible although no one's creeping on them um, of course not, but when you're renting an apartment, you're inside four walls, you feel a lot more comfortable to let your hair down. Right. Um, but I think that just by the mere fact that you're outdoors, it does keep people somewhat in check. And we found that people are for the most part, pretty respectful, pretty normal. Have we had some funny things going on? Yeah, we've had like, um, You know, a a situation where some, like uh, a couple of nudists, you know, wanted to practice their art, Um, you know, at at a pool. I think the the teenage the teenage sons in the family were quite thrilled. The parents were less so. Um, We we got that we got that report uh, about the internal family to struggle over that: should we continue this or not? Um, But we've had, I'd say, it's pretty. It's been pretty pretty low key. We've had some funny reasons for bookings, and this has been a major. Uh, surprise to us and again myself as a host, I've seen really interesting bookings. Like in my own pool, I've had I've had lots of birthday parties, of course, lots of doggy parties, but those are the best. Um I've had oh
0: my gosh, scientists testing underwater please. drones,
2: right? Um we've had baptisms and weddings. Um we haven't had a had a funeral yet. That that would be interesting. Um but it's been it's been really the diverse the diversity of the use cases for pools is really fascinating. We've had Hosts reporting that they've had mermaid clubs in their pools. I didn't know that existed, but apparently. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I'm like, sure, to each their own. And like, um, all kinds of fascinating reasons why people want to be inside of pools. And guess what? It's not always to be, you know, in the water per se. It's the outdoor experience. Right. People come, very often, they don't even go inside the water, right? Some people just don't like that. But being at a pool is something about it, which is just feels so great and so peaceful and so relaxing. So yeah, I've had some pretty weird stories, but I'd say nothing too, nothing too weird, nothing, nothing too flagrant. Uh, and so far, we've had, a, I guess, a pretty good go at it.
1: Did you say you've had multiple dog parties at your house?
2: Oh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I love well, that's it.
1: That's such an LA I mean, thing too. I do too. love that. I love that. I want to be present for that, but I didn't know that no. was a thing.
2: It's, I didn't know either. It's a thing. People, I guess, can't find places to either train their dogs to swim or just to <laughs> give them a good time. They can find a place where they feel comfortable to do that. And I love it. I just got my first dog and I get to bring him out and he gets to meet some new friends. It's a lot of fun. Um, and so uh, nice. yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been going pretty well.
1: Oh that's great. Well now you mentioned that it's the outdoor experience. Um so Swimply is available in what 100 markets and you're expanding, right?
2: It changes by the minute. Uh,
1: <laughs> but you're you're going to be more you're going to be about more than just pools. So uh, my understanding is that Soon you're going to be offering, uh, if not already, offering access to backyard spaces, home gyms, yoga studios, like uh, other experiences that people might not have in their own homes.
2: Yes, uh, for sure. That is in the pipeline. We've got a long waiting list already of those types of uh, properties. Um, You know, we see ourselves as sort of like an extension to the sharing economy. While the sharing economy has been somewhat relegated to the very functional, it's like hospitality, transportation, right, those kinds of things. We're like all about the experiential side of the sharing economy. So it's a natural extension for us to, to move into those areas. And we've had a lot of demand for it. Like people really want to get into tennis courts. They want to get into some a lot of requests for like um, home studios, like music studios, things like that, kitchens. You'd be surprised at things that people want. Yeah. And they exist. People have a lot of creativity and they put a lot of, you know, care and attention and money into their property to build out, you know, their passion projects, et cetera. And they want to share it. And people who build something special very often want to share it. They they, they like to meet other like minded individuals who who share similar passions, right? So we think it's a very natural um, you know, extension for us. And we plan on launching that after the summer.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten together with my friends and said, well, we would love to do this, but we just don't have X, Y, or Z for it, you know, I want to cook a pizza outside, but I don't have a pizza oven. So it's very cool to know that there's a service out there where you can find what you need and to to entertain and have like, the best life and uh, you don't have to actually own it.
0: Yeah. Especially with COVID. I mean, now, thankfully with cases going down and with more people getting vaccinated, it's, you know, we can gather more, um, but it still just feels safer to gather outside. Outside, And yeah, yeah, if like Rachel said, um, you know, if you don't have that luxury amenity, like a pizza oven or a tennis court in your backyard, like just rent it for a few hours. It's, it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's pretty genius.
2: <laughs> it's it's genius in its simplicity right which is what we try to reflect in the name swimply like the simplicity of it because i guess what's really happening is we're starting to, as a culture um, as humanity is kind of rethinking what ownership means on both sides
0: it's it's also a thing that people think about when they're buying a home too is like, you know, do we need a pool? Do we want a pool? And then you all you often calculate like the cost to operate it and, you know, are we really going to use it and all these things. So a service like Swimply, it definitely it must at some point like as you guys grow I could see it really factoring into people's like well we could just you know how kind of how people do that with like in in in-law units now or like guest houses Mm -hmm. when they buy a house it's like oh this house has a guest house and well you know we could airbnb it out like that that's what buyers think about now so I could totally see that coming down the line too.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. It's changing the way people think about home home buying, right? And, uh, and how they think about pools in general as a category.
1: Yeah. And I want to point out that um, that the pools on Swimpley go for as low as like $45 an hour or something. Um, it just oh. depends on what you're you're choosing.
2: Yeah. We, we have pools that go for even less, $20, $35 an hour. It really depends where you are. Of course, it depends on the different uh, amenities, et cetera. But I mean, pools that go way up there into the hundred plus dollar range and and that's for obviously very special properties, and uh, I think there's something for everyone. That's the bottom line. Thank well, you, thank you,
0: yeah, thank you, Asher, for joining us today. Is there anything else that you want to add?
2: Uh, I do want to just mention because we haven't talked about it in depth is that uh, we launched a one million dollar liability uh, protection plan, and we have insurance, uh, which is something that a lot of people ask about, and of course, right. uh, is so core to our our trust and safety, and so core to our offering here and keeping people safe.
0: I'm, I'm about to, Rachel, you have the app. I'm about to download it because I still live in an apartment and now I want to go to a pool. So we were, we're, (laughs) we're,
1: we're we're believers now you have converted us and, um, we were totally not believers when we first heard. and now (laughs)
0: we are, maybe, maybe it's just living through a pandemic and being in such isolation and like, (laughs) we're like craving the outside world. When you need
1: a pool, you really need a pool though. Like, I mean, this is the perfect solution. So yeah. All
0: right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Asher. And, uh, we'll see you by the, <coughs> p- Oh, that was my dog. <coughs> my dog is free. ready to go swimming at deck. your pool. Asher.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> what he needs. He needs an afternoon in the water.
0: <laughs> Truly. All right. We'll take care. And thank you again for joining us. Thank, thank you. you so I
2: appreciate it.
1: is going to seem out of left field A because the show premiered a couple months ago I'm going to go ahead and acknowledge that uh, that we're a little bit late to the game on this B it's a show about laundry Mm -hmm. it's called The Laundry Guy it's on Discovery Plus we discovered it in our (laughs) watching of the new shows and I think Natalie and I were both like hey we do laundry (laughs) We have yeah. laundry issues, and we were also like,
0: "Wow, how, how, what does a whole show about laundry look like?"
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like, inquiring minds want to know. It was, it was sort of like we we had to to see for ourselves what yeah. how you would frame a, an entire show around laundry. Well, I think
0: the 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 standard format that they used was very standard to like the HGTV home improvement show format so it was like uh someone with a problem yeah someone with a problem comes to the professional the host and he talks about it with them and then talks about what their intentions are and then he gets to work and then a problem arises and then it's all good and he shows it to them and there's the big reveal and they're so happy that's that's the classic hgtv show structure
1: the formula sure but with with stains with stains um, the host is patrick richardson he's a very charming uh man from the south he's from kentucky so my heart you know i i, I got some kindred vibes there yeah uh, i know that he has uh been a source for us for realtor.com before like patrick seems great uh so this is in a knock against patrick the show though i I just don't think i'm it's its target audience. Um, <laughs> we watched season one episode one, which again premiered back in March. There have been a few episodes since then uh season one episode one focused on a woman who wanted to get stains out of a an heirloom quilt and then another woman who wanted to restore a silk jacket that belonged to her uh now. Uh, passed away father and he was a boxer and
0: (laughs) as you're saying this I'm like falling asleep (laughs) just so sad because (laughs) I know here's here's the deal okay Rachel and I have said numerous times with these HGTV shows and and the the remaking you know HGTV HGTV trying to remake themselves and Discovery Plus trying to like remake themselves we want to see the freaks bring out the freak parade this is not Freak Parade. This is so wholesome and oh my god, and like um, pure. Like Patrick is so pure. sentimental, sentimental, it's- and he has he has the tips. Like I learned some stuff from this one episode. So if you sure. want, if you want to learn laundry tips, this, I think that's the main uh, impetus for watching this show. But I think for you anybody. could do it faster with YouTube. Exactly. This is. A YouTube series, yes.
1: It, they went sentimental when I really thought they were going to go sassy. And I'm not saying that I want to see disgusting stuff on TV, but I don't know what I don't know what I thought the show was going to be. But I thought it might be like I don't know, getting rid of like teenage boys' gym stains or something. Like I, I <laughs> you wanted to see that? I didn't want to see it, but like I just thought there would be some humor. Yeah, I mean, I in I it. thought
0: that the quilt, <laughs> I thought that the quilt was the only thing that we were gonna focus on for the entire
1: episode, and I was like, all right. And then here they we go. surprised you with the silk jacket that also was not very interesting at all.
0: Yeah, it's one of those shows that you throw on in the background. It's Do it's you? very yeah, because it's, it's just very soothing.
1: I wouldn't even bother. I don't. If think. you need to go to sleep, you can put it on. You're falling asleep. i put put Masked Singer on in the background. I don't put this on in the background.
0: Oh, my God. The Masked Singer. Um, well, let's just talk a little bit about the episode. We won't go into it too much. I will.
1: <laughs> After you I just w- said it made you fall asleep by describing it.
0: <laughs> well, let me. OK, fine. Then let me let me tell everyone the tip that I learned. Um, OK. So I whenever I have like an oil stain on a piece of clothing, I always use dish soap to get it out. I've been told by my mother. I've been told by the internet that dish soap will help dissolve oil stains. Patrick claims that dish soap is too acidic. So, to, he says to never use dish dish soap. For the oil same
1: stains. tip stuck out to me by the way.
0: Yes, I was like, wait, I'm doing it all wrong.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. I'm like ruining my clothes. I mean it because oil stains are the worst. They never come out. I've never figured out how to get them out and I've always and I've always tried dish soap thinking like okay, this is the the silver bullet. It's not.
0: I know. What was his for oil? It was like um, vinegar and water. Ah, in a spray bottle and then you you brush it a couple times gently with a horse hairbrush and then you um apply some soap to the horse hairbrush and washing soap um that you can find in any like grocery store laundry soap yeah yeah like a block of washing soap and uh brush that on on the stain and then wash it and that should do the trick I need like a diagram for all these
1: things. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing is it was so drawn out that I felt like the the information didn't really sort of sink in. And that's why I was like, oh, it would just be so much more efficient to watch a YouTube video of him giving these tips. It's almost like
0: they were trying to push the sentimental, the sentimentality. And it's hard to, it's hard to get sentimental about someone else's thing. Yeah. That's not... Let's not, like, a universal sentimental thing.
1: <laughs> Why didn't they go the sassy, funny route? Like, this is, I have this thing that's just disgusting. How do I get rid of, you know? I, or,
0: like, he goes into a laundry room and it's just piled to the top with laundry. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, right. We are, like,
1: somebody who hasn't washed their sheets like ever and they're watching them for the first time like these are the things that i actually think that would make for more compelling yeah me. maybe just kind of like gross stuff gross stuff yeah i mean that. i not that i want to see gross stuff but i guess i kind of do because this wasn't yeah. doing it for me
0: yeah no because it's yeah i agree and maybe you know what well let's give him the benefit of the benefit of the doubt we've only watched one episode So maybe in the other five episodes of this season, there's,
1: you know, more gross stuff. I don't think so. The description of the show says laundry expert Patrick Richardson listens to clients meaningful stories behind irreplaceable pieces from wedding dresses and baby blankets to stuffed animals and vintage coats and then carefully restores them to mint condition.
0: That's the route they decided to go. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick hosts, so he owns a store in the Mall of America.
1: Yeah, I thought that cool. was really interesting. It's called um, it's like
0: Laura, Lo, Laura, something.
1: Mona Williams.
0: Mona Williams, yeah. And I think he even has like a product line and stuff. So like, Patrick is the laundry guru. There is no denying his oh, skill.
1: Yeah, he clearly knows his stuff. Like that, that was very much apparent. I just, I don't like the formula of the of how they chose to execute this show.
0: Yeah, Patrick deserved better. Mm. Justice for Patrick.
1: Justice for. Patrick. <laughs> it, it. I don't know. I guess it was interesting to me that there's so many different ways to like wash something or you get a mm-hmm. stain out of something because my approach is just like stain remover, throw it in on hot and hope for the best. And, me too. And you know, there's there's a lot of other alternatives to getting out those those tough old stains whether it's oil or just like sweat stains or old dirt or cigarette smoke or whatever there's like a different tactic for every single one and I didn't actually really know that
0: it's a very old school skill I feel kind of like something that you would learn in home ec like how to get out different types of stains yeah and I kind of wish that this would make a resurgence like laundry
1: Sure. You know,
0: laundry care is like, a, you know, people are into needlepoint and people are into making bread and maybe laundry care is like the next thing that people are going to be caring about.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we're at a tipping point, maybe because you're right. Grand Millennial is having a moment right now. People are getting really into needlepoint and quilting and all these things that um, our parents and our grandparents used to do. So it's possible that this show will have a, a cult following. Um. Anyway, so you
0: can watch all of the episodes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
1: I'm sure some after that people rave were- review, you can watch the okay. laundry guy on Discovery Plus.
0: Watch this show if you want to learn really good laundry tips from some guy who knows what he's talking about. He will give you specific recipes for stuff to put on your stains and how to clean your whites and all of these things it's on discovery plus and uh, it's called the laundry
1: guy so we don't have making moves this week nobody moved weird I mean, people moved, but there's no one that we've been like
0: following right, right right, right, which is the point of making moves right, so um, nothing, nothing
1: to update you on there, yeah. so which means we're gonna slide right into winners and losers,
0: yeah, it's time. Let's crown them. um our loser this week but do you is, want to explain
1: what winners and losers is?
0: Oh, for all of you who are new to winners and losers, winners and losers is the segment where we choose one real estate winner and one real estate loser and they're all celebrities and it's based on whether or not they made a good real estate deal or not so our loser this week is joe montana (laughs) sorry niners fans um he is our loser for numerical reasons because obviously he's not a loser in you know, life and in, in his football career. I think he's okay. Yeah. Prefacing, (laughs) prefacing. Um, he has experienced a lot of price cuts on his Napa Valley estate. Uh, the latest price cut to come out, um, was 24.5 million. And that, um, is a steep cut from when he first listed it for 49 million in 2009.
1: Did he list it in 2009 and it's been is it been on the market ever since and now he just cut the price by
0: 50%? No. Okay. So it's uh, it's gone through several price cuts. It's been on and off the market um since 2009. He initially listed it for 49 million um and then he lowered the price 2 years later to 35 million. Um at some point he took it off the market probably because 2011 was kind of a sketchy time for everybody in terms of like the economy. Um, but nonetheless, in 2019, he decided to try again and relisted it for 28.9 million. Um, and now again, he's trying one more time. Got it. 24.5. So, So
1: on and off since 2009, now 50% from what it originally was in 2009.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's you know the, the the estate is incredible. It's classic wine country. Oh, yeah, um it's beautiful. It's kind of it's the castle but like Mediterranean castle vibes. Tuscany. Is, is, yeah, very Tuscan.
1: I like that it says it's three bedrooms and three and a half baths, but it's 9, right seven hundred square feet. So on I'm a little 503 bit five hundred and three acres. <laughs> those, yeah. Those numbers. Yeah. Um, it's, a big, it's got some big rooms
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just all it's all wine storage is what it is and like living rooms that's yeah. all it is um this is in calistoga so it's definitely in a gorgeous part of wine country unfortunately though it's also in the hills um and it's as we fire know fire country yeah, in the last handful of years, there have been big fires out in that area. Yeah. So that, I'm sure, is the playing deterrence. into, yeah, why buyers are kind of hesitant to plunk down so much. I mean, yeah, this is, ooh, I'm looking at this on a map. This is pretty... Mm.
1: It, it's not in a great area, no. fire-wise. No. But no. it is It is gorgeous. The, the grounds are gorgeous. Uh it, it straight up looks like something that I visited when I was in Tuscany. Um, yeah. In, in good ways and bad. Like it, it, it does look like a replication of Tuscany. It is a little bit heavy and like ornate in terms of the decor, but like you can, you can deal with that.
0: Yeah. If this is your like wine country getaway home, like just live in that fantasy and like, I wouldn't even touch it. Yeah. To I would honest, either.
1: It's, it's, it's fantastic. But, yeah, I would imagine the location, given the history of this area and the fire seasons, that might have people, buyers, yeah. you know, taking a little bit of a pause.
0: Yeah, so we hope he finds a buyer for this place. Um, but for a number's reasons, Joe
1: Montana is our Real Estate Loser of the Week. Our winner is actor, Star Trek phenomenon Chris Pine <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> he, like he brought it back I was a big Star Trek fan when I was growing up and everybody called me nerdy and then Chris Pine got in the game and suddenly <laughs> it wasn't it, it wasn't uncool anymore
0: Chris Pine got in the game and suddenly I'm cool again <laughs> <laughs> what is all? what's that all about no yeah. I agree he was great in the Star Trek um, movies for sure
1: Um, Yeah, so he is our winner this week for buying a house for his relative. It's so sweet. Aw, warms our
0: heart. We love these types of feel-good stories whenever it's a wealthy person buying a house for someone that they love. Yeah.
1: He bought this adorable abode. It's kind of modest, you know, Mm -hmm. by celebrity standards. It's uh, in L.A., and... It sold for one point three seven five million.
0: Yep, and it's um, it's in Valley Village, which is has really boomed onto the scene um, in Los Angeles in the last handful of years, just because oh. it's adjacent to you know it's in the valley, it's just north of uh, Hollywood and and. Um, so a lot of star or not, not so much stars, but just people who are getting priced out of neighborhoods in Los Angeles proper have been venturing out to the Valley and and Valley Village is one of those places. It's a place where there's a lot of like modern farmhouse buildings, like the black and (laughs) white fantastic. So I'm happy to see that Chris Pine was able to nab something that's actually like a cute bungalow has character. Yeah. Because um, that that is very characteristic of Valley
1: Village. Right. It was built in 1947. It has three bedrooms and two bathrooms, 1,800 square feet of living space. Like Natalie said, it's bungalow uh, remodeled. It's very cute inside. And apparently he bought this for a relative. I don't know which relative or how they're related, but uh, seems really, really sweet. a really yeah. sweet thing to do for for somebody that you care about.
0: I love that backyard. It's like, yeah, it's a really it, there's a beautiful pool, really big pool. And I know some green space too. It's very private.
1: You don't see your neighbors. Maybe over they'll the fence. rent the pool out on play. Oh. oh, tying it all back. It's a really cute house. I mean, I would love this. I mean, Chris yeah. Pine, I wish I were your relative. Buy me this house.
0: Maybe we'll find out who it's for. Maybe we won't. Um, but Chris Pine, well done, sir. Yeah. Apl- Very nice you. thing
1: to buy, buy a house for somebody else.
0: Well, yeah. So for, for his generosity and for finding a really adorable house... Um, Chris Pine is our winner of the week and that's it for house party. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you heard, please give us five stars and write a review. We're not just saying this. It would really help us out to spread the word about the show. We do really uh, love to hear what you have to say. Also, uh, if you want to check out any of the stories we talked about today, you can go to your show notes on your podcast app and we'll have links there for you. Or you can go to realtor.com slash news or go to Google, type in realtor.com and the topic and it should prop up for you.
1: If you want to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. And again. Not just saying that, we really would. So please email us. We are podcast at realtor.com. That's podcast at realtor.com singular. You can also get in touch with us via social media. We're everywhere. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And our handle is at housepartypod on all three.
0: Rachel, I hope you have a stellar birthday <laughs>
1: <laughs> celebration this weekend. Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
0: And um, thank you listeners for tuning in. Give Rachel a shout out on Twitter for her (laughs) birthday. She would love it. She deserves it. Uh, We will catch you next week. Bye.
1: Bye.